too many people will quote unquote try things. If you're gonna do it, go all in. Welcome back to another episode of All or Nothing in Real Estate. I, I'm excited to do this every week, but I'm especially excited for this one for two reasons. Number one, I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Amanda. Amanda, say hi to everybody. Hi. So if you guys haven't um, heard her before on the podcast, she was a part of episode one um, where we kind of broke down our story, got a little vulnerable. So if you haven't heard that yet um, and are interested in kind of our journey to success, um, highly recommend you check that out. Um, but today, not only do I have my beautiful wife, but we're going to talk about some very important stuff. So we're going to break down. We were fortunate enough to be at an amazing event in Dallas, Texas called Build 22. Um, we saw tons of amazing speakers. Um, I believe there was like 5,000 agents there, yeah. some of the top agents in the, in the country. Um, Dean Graziosi was a speaker. Uh, Tony Robbins was a speaker. Like It was a great, great event. And so we're going to kind of go off script a bit and we're going to break down a little bit about what we learned from the event. So Amanda, start with some, like just let people understand a little bit about this event from your perspective. So in, in, our, in our industry, um, this is probably one of the biggest events that happens, um, happens every year. Um, Brent Gove, who is absolutely amazing, um, we've got the privilege to have him in our network and he puts on these, these awesome events a few times a year. but. This one in particular is probably the biggest. It's called Build, um, and it's it's so that you can build um, a better future every single year. Sometimes it's um, about real estate specifically. This year it was health, wealth, legacy. Um, and so Brent spends tons of money bringing in so many people to provide a ton of value, and it was it was just phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's like with all things, and a lot of what we do here on this show is like, yeah, we're real estate based, but there's so much more to, like if you build your health, you build your wealth, you build a legacy through real estate, right? right. And so, um, the guys, honestly, as I was going through my notes, um, I've got 38 pages of notes, and so <laughs> we're gonna do our best to break down the, the best and most uh, purposeful stuff that we learned as actionable takeaways for you guys. Um, and there may be a part two, we'll see how this goes. Um, so, we're gonna to try to condense that into some gold and some takeaways um, for you. So, Amanda, where would you like to start? Oh gosh, um, there are so many places that we could start. Um, who who is who was one of the first speakers? So first, I have on my notes. Um, let me start. Let's start off with something funny. So this is the quote I wrote down from him. It says, "Your ego is not your amigo." <laughs> um, so his name was Joseph Trujillo. Trujillo? Um, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, but he, he shared a lot of great things from the stage. But um, how true is that? Your yeah. ego is not your amigo. Your ego is not your friend. Right. A lot of times in this industry and in life, we let our ego get in our way. Um, and so remove your ego and you can accomplish some amazing things. Right. Um, so again, just going through some cliff notes here until we find a good topic to kind of have conversations is um, this lady. So um, her name was Gail DeMarco. Um, she tons of energy. She was great. Um, and she, she said her biggest advice was go all in. And so funny enough, that's how my mindset works. That's why the name of this podcast is all or nothing in real estate. If you're going to do it, jump in with both feet. 
And so that was her advice. And she said, so um, part of this event was some EXP speakers. And so we are part of EXP. Um, this by no means is a pitch to be EXP, but this stuff applies in so many different areas of your life. And Gail shared some of the freedoms that EXP has allowed her to receive in her life. Um, and as an example, when she joined EXP, she decided to jump all in on the rev share opportunities EXP provides. And with that, she made $200,000 in her first 12 months with this great company and passive income. Because so she because she decided to jump in with both feet, right? right? Like that's two hundred thousand dollars in passive income is phenomenal. Like in twelve months. In twelve months, I mean that's 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 just insane. Where where are you gonna find those opportunities? That's right. And so like whatever you were doing, whether you're with EXP, you're with another company that offers something similar, with you're just a real estate agent, whatever it is that you are doing, you're listening to this, go all in. Don't half-ass it. Like I say, jump in with both feet, right? Don't half-ass it, go whole ass. Do it, if you're gonna do it, do it with intent, do it with purpose and go all in or don't do it. Um, too many people, quote unquote, try things. If you're gonna do it, go all in. Um, there's another quote she said here too. She's like, a lot of people, and I've experienced this, um, and maybe it relate to some of you. A lot of people let other people thoughts and opinions kind of pull them down when you're trying something new when you're going for a big goal or aspiration and so her quote to that was don't ever lower your standards because someone else won't raise theirs oh absolutely that's pure gold like, i mean you could just live your life off of that quote right yeah. there like how many times do we let that affect us in our day-to-day -day, right like we're worried about what he or she may say or think um whether it's in real estate, in health, and fitness, and finance, whatever. Like yeah. we let outside influence influence how we think. So don't ever lower your standards because someone else won't raise theirs. Like that's that's gold. Um, going through some more notes here. I've got uh, make sure make sure you have a unique value proposition. So this is real estate specific. Whether it's for recruiting, whether it's for buyers and sellers, whether it's for whatever it is that you're doing around business, you need to have unique value propositions. What makes you different? Why should your Why should an agent join your team? Why should a buyer or seller buy or sell through your company? They have so many options out there. What is your value proposition? What value do you bring to the marketplace to them specifically? If you don't have a clear direction on that, um, this is your wake up call. You need one. Yeah. You need to have clarity around that. Yeah, I remember there was a, a point with Tony Robbins because it was, I mean, we had the opportunity to talk to him for like five or six hours. And I remember he did this exercise where he was asking people, you know, this is a room filled with 5,000 real estate agents. And he was asking people, you know, give me, you know, pitch me. Tell me why I should use you. There's 5,000 of you. What makes you different? And the guy stood up and he kind of gave, you know, his pitch. And he was like, I'm I'm going to work hard for you. I'm going to answer the phone anytime that you call. Um, I'm going to, you know, be speedy with your paperwork. And he got done and Tony was like, great. You and all other 4,999 people in this room. Yep. Like, just because you're good, that, that doesn't make you unique. That doesn't make me want to use you. Everyone else in this room is going to do those exact same things. You have sometimes, to be specific. Sometimes good is not good enough. Right. Yeah, so uh, do you remember a little bit? So after that, he went to another lady who absolutely yes. crushed it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember what she said? Oh, she, um, Tony asked, you know, why should I use you? And she, you could feel how emotional she was. And she got on the mic and she looked him dead in the eyes and 
I can't quote exactly, but she basically said, I'm, I'm going to be there for you anytime. Um, I want this for you. You came to me and you told me that your, you know, your dream, your passion was to be a first time homeowner. I'm going to make that happen for you. You told me that, you know, you wanted to paint your daughter's bedroom pink. I remember that and I'm not going to go to sleep until I find a bedroom and we pick out pink paint. And I mean, she really cared and connected and showed she was willing to do anything and that he wasn't just just another person, just a number. She really cared. And I mean, the whole room, this is 5,000 real estate agents. I mean, every everyone has given a speech on how to sell a home. Sure. But it was, everyone in that room was just like, I'll buy a house with you. Yeah. It was amazing. And I think her unique value proposition in that case wasn't a, a sleazy sales pitch or, hey, you, I'll do it cheaper or whatever it was. I truly care about yeah. you. She built a relationship in Rapora in a very, very quick manner. And she remembered key takeaways from their fake conversation yeah. of what really mattered to them. And so that's one of the reasons, one of our core values here at our team is relationships. Yeah. Because the, a lot of times your business is a correlation of how, how deep and how many and how, how well you build relationships. Whether that's with buyers or sellers or your agents on your team, et cetera. And yeah. so I think she was able to very, very quickly build that relationship and like the whole room could feel it, like mm -hmm. that she cared and he was in good hands. Yeah. And there's nothing like that, especially for a first time home buyer to have that security, right? And so whatever your, whatever your uh, value propositions are, it needs to be clear and you need to, they need to be differentiating from your competition. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways we could go with that, but we'll just keep that brief uh, there. If you guys have questions on um, unique value propositions, please reach out. Um, I'm happy to give you some ideas and help you brainstorm on that, but that's pretty self-explanatory. And also practicing too, because another yep. um, little role-playing thing Tony had us do was practicing. Um, you know, what makes you unique? Why should I use you? And just saying that out loud, even if you're just saying it in the car while you're driving or you're just in the mirror, you know, you don't have to be talking to someone, but you don't realize probably how unclear you are about what you can offer and how you're different until you're forced to answer that yep. question. And then you realize, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. Like practice on yourself. 100%. Before you go and practice with people that you're actually trying to help. If you don't role play, if you don't practice these things, guess what? You're still practicing. You're just practicing with your clients. I learned this too through a um, through other trainings and stuff. I, it's called um, it's called an elevator pitch, right? Like so, have your elevator pitch. Have your have your your value proposition so dialed in, and you know what you're going to say and what value you bring to the marketplace that you can say it in a quick elevator ride. Yeah. Right. Like, how can you get it out in a very short amount of time? And you need to practice that and own that 100%. Um, another thing he said is that real estate agents, both in recruiting and with buyers and sellers, there's so many nuances and similarity, so many similarities to, to recruiting and buying and selling, like working with buyers and sellers. A lot of agents are scared of the word recruiting, um, but it's a part of growing and scaling a business, right? And so we all want good agents to join our companies, our teams, et cetera. And so what I've found is that there are a lot of things that, you do every day in your business with buyers or sellers, it's the same damn thing just with agents. We're just scared to do it because it's a different word, a different conversation, but it's the same thing. So as an example, you need to listen to hear, or more importantly, understand, not just to reply. And when you're listening, find their pain because somebody is a first time home buyer. What is their pain? Well, they need a home. They're gonna be homeless, right? An agent, what's their pain? 
Well, so don't listen to just pitch at them, right? Like what she did differently is you felt like she actually cared and understood what was important to that buyer, right? And so that was her value proposition. And too many of us as real estate agents and salespeople, we just pitch at people. We don't talk to understand, right? Or ask questions to understand. All right, um, remember all the life-changing stories that you have heard. And so what I took away from this, I wrote this down, is he, he's, he shared from the stage is, was that you guys have heard these other people on the stage share with how their life has changed through real estate, through EXP, a combination of both. How many people have you heard at conferences? How many people have you heard in your team, your organization, your own life? That is a life-changing story. Remember that because those stories matter and help you build relationships with other people. Right. Instead of doing a pitch fest when you're in next recruiting meeting, how about you tell stories of other people that were in a similar position as them and how this, this solution that you have, whether it's your team, EXP, et cetera, solved that problem for that person and they can do the same thing. Yeah, because <clears throat> a lot of people think, you know, I, I can't relate. I've never had that happen to me before. So I don't know how to you know, have this conversation with them, how to solve their pain points. Um, but there's probably a lot of people you know that went through that. And like you said, you can share their story mm -hmm. and how, you know, it was able to help that for them, not necessarily you. Yep. And this is a quote that I, that I say all the time is, pe I, I don't, people don't believe what they're told. They believe what they experience. And how can you create an experience for that person versus telling them? The only way I know how to create an experience is to relate it to a story. Yeah. It goes back to the old adage of facts tell and stories sell. Like we all have heard other stories or it can make things relatable for people in a similar situation. And when you can create that experience of what process you took that other person that was in a similar place as them through, now they actually feel the experience versus you talking about them how you can do it. Here's how I have done it for other people just like you. Yeah. We can take you along the same path and this is possible for you. Yeah. That's recruits, that's eight, that's buyers, that's sellers, etc. Um another quote I have here is or uh, takeaway is build a business and get away from the high paying job. Get out of the hamster wheel. And so I think this applies to so many different things. Um, and what I think it really applies to for most people is treat your business, treat your job like it's a business. Don't just clock in and clock out. What are you providing the most value that you can in your current position? Like the world, the world is not a very forgiving place. When I, why I say that is a lot of people expect, so let's say you're just um, an hourly employee as an example. You can be an agent, whatever but the world does not reward mediocrity. The world does not reward, hey, I've been here for so long, so I deserve a pay raise. Yeah. No, the world doesn't say, hey, if, you, if it, it doesn't treat people with the respect that they feel they, they need in a situation where an employee comes to an owner, a leader, whatever, and says, if you pay me more, I will do more. Yeah. That's not how it works. The world works is by you do more, you earn that opportunity, and then guess what? You're next in line. And so your job as an agent, as an employee, as anybody, is to build a business to get away from the high-paying job and make your leadership feel so uncomfortable and so scared that they're going to lose you because of the value that you bring. They can't help but give you opportunity. They can't help but give you a raise. Yeah. And so instead of saying, well, if you pay me more, I'll do more, do so much that they can't say no. Yeah. Like, we, we have it backwards. Yeah, I, um, I forgot who it was that said this at the event, but 
I had wrote this down. Someone on stage said, life is not fair. You're entitled to nothing. No one is coming to rescue you. That was Bringof. Was it? Yep. Uh, he's got a way with words. He's, he's phenomenal. Um, but I, that, I, I've read that I don't know how many times just as a reminder that nothing's going to just fall in my lap today because I showed up to work. I, that's just not how it works. Um, you don't need to be feeling sorry for yourself. Um, that's not how it works. You know, it's life is not fair. I am entitled to nothing and no one is coming to rescue me. It's so, up to you. Exactly. And, and I, what's I cool that is that we are all capable of so much in this world, right? Like that, we talk about that a lot on this podcast is uh, my, my definition of success is the pursuit of one's true potential. Success is a journey, not a destination. So enjoy it because I will never meet my definition of success because it's a moving target because my potential grows every single day. And so does it for everybody else. Um, so another guy said, write your testimony. How has your life been changed through real estate, through the team that you joined, through the opportunities EXP provide? How has your life changed? And I think I wrote that down because there's so many stories that I've heard, but I haven't done a good enough job at articulating my story to other people. And I think other people can probably relate. Yeah. Part of that is because of one of my personal core values is humility. I want to always remain humble. So I'm scared that it may not stay humble. As a matter of fact, we got it on the wall in here. Stay hungry and stay humble, right? <laughs> like it's, I want to stay humble. And sometimes that goes to my own um, detriment because I stay too humble and I don't share my story, which could inspire others, yeah. right? And so we all have a story. Going back to people don't believe what you say, they believe what they experience. Your story can create that experience for somebody else that is where you were, that can motivate and inspire them to want to follow in your footsteps so they can accomplish more in their life. Like you, me being a normal guy, going through a little bit of journey that I've went through in this life so far, if I share my story, what I realized from my Tahoe speech, by doing that inspired mm -hmm. and motivated me to share my story with more people because people came up to me and said, thank you so much for that. It's amazing what you've accomplished and now I'm gonna be able to do more because you shared it, yeah. right? And so don't be afraid to share your story. We all have a story, share it and it will relate with the right people and it will motivate and inspire them to do more. Absolutely, my only regret is that the story wasn't shared much sooner. Yeah, um, another one, um, we've got all of us, every single one of us, you are always one decision away from a totally different life. Isn't that crazy when you, I mean, really sit back and think about that? It is. Why is that crazy to you? Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's just so true that, I mean, it's, the sky's the limit. There's so many huge, huge things that could come from one tiny little, you know, small action. Just one decision. And who knows? I mean, I've, I've watched it happen, um, especially with EXP people, and they share their story. Just one decision, and everything in their life has, has changed. Yep. So it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. Something so small um, is so true and can just be so massive in your life. It reminds me of two things, and I learned them both from my coach, my friend, my mentor, John Sheplack is tiny hinges swing big doors. Yeah. It's the little things that make big moves over a compound period of time. And also, we all have one thing. And I, I challenge you all to think about this. What is that one thing in your life that if you were to change it, if you were to give it up or change it, what is that one thing that the, as a result of you changing that one thing, the only thing in your life that would change 
is everything. We all have one thing. Like we overcomplicate it. Well, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that. And all those are relevant. But if we really dig deep and are honest with ourselves, we all have one thing. Like one thing, if we go all in on this one thing, it'll change everything. Yeah. That's the one decision. We're all one decision away from a totally different life. Such simple advice, yeah. too, that, I mean, it's, it's how life is, though, right? It's always those little simple things we take for granted and we don't do. But yeah, do you have some things that you want to share? I think one of my biggest takeaways from this event was learning so much about your state of mind. Um, and these events, you know, like I said, they're called build. Um, they're supposed to help you improve in all sorts of ways. Sometimes it is work, um, you know, professional, but sometimes it's just on a personal level. And I, I've had several quotes just about your state of mind that I have told probably 15 times to people um, since we came back from this trip. And that was only, I mean, that's probably less than two weeks ago. Um, I was, some advice I actually gave to someone in the office today talking about, you know, your state of mind and gratitude. Um, I said something to call in right before this started, um, but not realizing how much your state of mind affects all aspects of your life. Yep. Whenever they, you know, first started talking about state of mind, my initial thought was, yeah, you know, you need to be more positive and not so negative and be grateful. And that's kind of as far as I looked at it. But I, I had made some notes here um, where your state of mind controls everything your passions, mood, your career, where your career can even go. Um, whether you're gonna be you know, a CEO or be working fast food. Your relationships, um, whether or not you suffer from anxiety and depression. Um, just all of your behaviors, um, even down to your kids. That was another big one for me too. My state of mind and my mood and the tone that I'm setting is the outlook I have on my life. Am I, you know, is something happening to me and I'm making light of it and it's okay, um, it's, you know, this is fun, or am I immediately turning this into a negative and my kids are witnessing that and they're not learning those behaviors and my state of mind is, I mean, potentially going to be how my kids' state of minds are whenever they get older and they're adults and their careers and it's, it's just crazy. Um, your health. Yep. I mean, it's, it bleeds over into every aspect of your life, your, your state of mind. Well, your state of mind, going back to the kids, like, and it, it's, it's true with kids, it's true with your work environment, it's true in your relationships, it's true in every aspect of life. Your state of mind affects your surroundings. It affects the energy you are giving. It affects how you respond to certain situations. Like, if you're in a state of mind of not gratitude, and one of your kids comes up and asks for something and you yeah. overreact, how does that make you feel? Like I've done it, we've all done it as parents, yeah. I'm assuming, right? Like it makes you feel like you're itty bitty. It makes you feel like you immediately regret it. But what if you were in a state of mind of being, being grateful, of being happy with where you are, being, I don't wanna say content, like that's not what I, I coach, right? Not content is the enemy of success, but you need to stop and smell the roses every now and then and live in a, a, a mindset of gratitude mm -hmm. and then you won't react that way, right? And so um, that's something I'm working on. Something else too um, that your, your, your talk there reminded me of is a quote is, life doesn't happen to you, life happens for you. And when you make that adjustment, you're now in control and you realize everything that happened in your life, like you say this to me all the time, everything happens for a reason. 
So life isn't happening to us, it's happening for us. And so, like, let's use our story as an example. And we all have a story. All the hardships that we go through, those lessons were meant for us. We were supposed to learn those lessons. And those built calluses, those built character, those built traits and skills that allowed us to become the people we are today. Because life happens for us, not to us. When you make that subtle switch, everything changes. Yeah. Cool. That's good stuff. Um, I'm going to share some stuff from... The man with the most energy, um, I don't know. I don't know if he had the most. Um, between him, Brent, and Tony Robbins, I don't know how the building didn't fall down. Um, but, uh, but Gene Frederick. Um, oh, Gene. Gene is one of the greatest storytellers I've ever met. He's really a great is. guy. So um, I even wrote a note here to rewatch it because it was just so it's so entertaining, so much gold. It's just it's just great. Yeah, so if you're not familiar, just get on YouTube. Yeah. And find him. Look up Gene. He doesn't know how to put things on YouTube, but somebody <laughs> will record him and put it on there for him. Yeah. Um, but the, the so he talked about there's a study, and I don't remember the details, but he basically the the moral of the story was um, there was a study done to find out from very smart, intelligent people, what are the most 10 productive years of your life? And it went to decades. You're 10, between 10 and 20, between 20 and 30, 30 and 40, et cetera, so on and so forth. And he asked everybody in the room, a room of 5,000 people, to guess what, you, what, according to this study, are the most productive two decades in people's lives. I wrote down between 30 and 40 and 40 and 50. I was wrong. The most productive people, 10 years of people's lives are between the 60s and 70s and 70s and 80s. That's crazy. And so if you think right now, oh, it's too late, you're in your own way. Get out of your way. That blew my mind. It excited me. So if you're a young person, like if you're in your 20s and 30s, you're just getting started. Like just getting started. You've You've got three more decades before you even consider getting into your productive years. Right? Like, think about it from that perspective. Yeah. How exciting is that? All the stuff you've accomplished now, like, this is a warm-up. You haven't even started the game yet. Like, it's pretty cool. So, I thought that was a cool takeaway. Well, especially because how many people do you hear, you know, that are going through hardships? Maybe they, they lost their job, they're going through a divorce, um, you know, just hard times. And I've heard people say a lot, you know, well, I'm, I'm in my 40s or I'm in my 50s. And they give up. Yeah. Like, life's over for me. How yeah. do I start over now? I mean, I've, I've heard that a lot in my lifetime. Yep, and I wrote, I wrote down this too. Um, he said, he, he gave a, an example of why, but it, it comes boils down to two things. It's because of life experience, like the experience that you have in life. Like we all learn, like let's think back to the time we were teenagers, right? We would do it differently now. Knowing what we know now, we would not do things the same way, right? right? It's the same thing as we learn and we have ex- life experience and that's something that you can't, you can't pay for. You have to, it takes time, right? And then the relationships that you build. Because of those two things, that's why those are the most productive years of your life. Um, he talked a lot about, to being successful versus being great. And so to be great, he gave this analogy. And I talked about this in our gratitude episode. Um, so I don't remember the name of it, but it was a few episodes ago. It was when we talked about being in a state of gratitude. And it was my takeaways that I learned from Tony Robbins. Um, it just really spoke from the heart. And, and Gene kind of hit on this to go with the same theme. As he said, you truly become great. To me, the definition of great, this is what Gene said, is whenever my great-grandkids have a big picture of me on their wall above their fireplace. That's when you left a legacy. 
Yeah. You meant so much to your great grandkids, great great grandkids, two greats, that you left such a legacy for your family that your picture is above their fireplace on the wall. Like, you're not great until that happens. We all are capable of so much. Like that put it in perspective. Yeah. Like what? What a wonderful thing to try to achieve. Yeah. Like that. So I, I have a funeral analogy that I talk about a lot. Like I think about, I think about like the legacy I want to leave and what does, what does my funeral look like? If I were to leave this world tomorrow, what would my funeral look like? And what do I want it to look like 60, 70, however many years from now I do leave the world? What do I want that to look like? What impact am I going to have on people's lives? Like I want a sellout crowd. I want people waiting in line to talk about the impact I made on their life. Like, that's what I want, because that's the legacy and the impact I want to have on people's lives. But Gene saying it this way, like, relates that analogy in my mind yeah. to my actual family, right? Yeah, it makes it like a, an actual, like a specific goal, you know, wanting to, to have the picture. Yep. Um, I've got a note here somewhere, gosh, I hope I can find it. Um, but someone kind of touched on that too, and had just asked the question, um, if you are, passion is, is confectious. Are you boring? Are you boring people or are you, are you passionate? But talking about life in general, how you're living your life, whenever Gene's talking about wanting, you know, his picture up and yep. his great, great grandkids, you know, home, well, what kind of life would he have to live in order to do that and have a legacy? And so they, you know, asked you that question and, you know, kind of made you think for 10 or 15 yep. seconds. And that was a real eye opener, you know, having to think about, am I just kind of going through life day by day, you know, the same stuff, my routine, doing the same things, or am I living with passion when it comes to business, you know, my interactions with the kids, with family, you know, am I making every moment count, um, living on purpose? So what I just wrote down <laughs> is, are you living life on accident or are you living life on purpose? Yeah. And I think that goes back to the energy, to your state, to all, all of this combines together, right? And um, it's what energy are you giving out on a daily basis? Are you living life excited? Are you getting other people motivated? Are you passionate about what you do? Are you inspiring to others? Or are you just going through the motions being, being an Eeyore? Mm -hmm. If you go through the motions and you're an Eeyore in life, like your picture's not going to be on that wall. You have to have passion. You have to have fire. Um, one of my coaches and mentors, Bill Pipes, says weird and rich. Like too many people are scared to death to think, well, what are, what are they going to think if I yeah. act weird? Like that's passion. That's coming through. Who cares what they think? Like if be you and be authentically you, have passion, have motivation, have inspiration, have fire in your belly, like Brent says, mm -hmm. to help people because that's your, your lackadaisical attitude your playing small does not serve the world. Yeah. People who serve the world, who serve whatever higher power you believe in, are people that take action, take risk, are passionate about their life, and live life on purpose, not on accident. Yeah. Going back to life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you. So what are you going to do with it? Make the most of it. You get one life. Live it. Gene also said, um, there's another study, and again, Gene is the best storyteller I've ever met. Um, so I'm not doing him any justice here. Um, but Sorry, he, Gene. Yeah, he told a great story about how the basics are, and this is the Cliff Notes version, right? Is 
there was a study done to people 90 years and above that are in nursing homes, like a big study. And they went around and they asked all these people, what are the three biggest regrets they have? That's another thing that's, that's just real quick tangent. Is that's another thing that's, that I think about is when I'm laying on my deathbed, I want to live a life where somebody asks me that question, I'm going to say nothing. I yeah. live life to the fullest. I did everything I wanted to do, served as many people as I can. I made the most out of this one life I get. Yeah. Like, are we making the most of it every day? Or are we just kind of going through the motions? Right. So anyway, those 90-year-olds, the three regrets, these were the three most most common. Number one surprised me. These people, 90-year-old and above, in nursing homes that were surveyed, their number one regret was not celebrating enough. I didn't live in the moment enough. I wasn't where my feet were. I was always worried about the next thing. And that was that's before technology was a thing. Imagine now, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I how many times are you time. at how many times are you at dinner and you're just on your phone instead of present yeah. in the moment? And how many times are and this is to me to high performing people, the people that are always looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and just go, go, go. Is when's the last time you stopped and lived in a state of gratitude and enjoyed? what you have done and your accomplishments so far and just really be like, wow, look at this. Look how far we've come. Yeah. And really soak it in and enjoy it and then get back to work, right? Yeah. Instead of just going to the next thing, let's stop. Let's smell the roses before we go to the next thing because um, I don't want to have that regret. Like celebrating is fun. Like let's get, let's get out the champagne. Let's get balloons and party poppers and let's celebrate, you know? Um, number two, they wish they would have risked more. Yeah. They didn't feel like they took enough risks in life. They played too small. Number three, they wish they would have left something behind. They wish they would have left a legacy for their family. And I put a line back to the great-great-grandkids. Yeah. I'm not having that regret. I'm going to be on that wall. Oh, game of goosebumps. I got a little emotional saying it, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's real stuff. It's, I mean, if, you, if you're not, like some of you may be listening right now and saying, well, how does this pertain to real estate? Don't listen. This isn't for you. Like if you don't understand how this correlates, then just don't even listen to my stuff. Because real estate is a part of life. You have one life and we're going to help you live it to the fullest. And that's what these truly successful people taught us. And they live in a life of gratitude and we're trying to share that with you. Um, this stuff works, I promise. Yeah, I mean, I don't think whenever you get to 90 years old, I don't, I don't think those people are ever thinking, oh, man, if I had just gotten one more real estate transaction, that would have really just made my life, you know, yep. perfect. There was that one transaction, that one seller that was a jerk and I wasn't <laughs> able to sell their house. Oh, man, that, I really regret that. That's not what these yeah. people think about, right? Yeah, yep. that's not what life's about. And that's not what motivates you. I mean, you have people... People that work really hard and are super driven and are very successful, I, I guarantee that there's a lot of these qualities that they have. That's why a lot of people meditate. A lot of people, you know, set the first 15 minutes of the morning and go over their list of gratitudes. Very successful people yep. do those things on purpose. And it doesn't matter what kind of business they're in, whether it's real estate or, I mean, anything. They do those things for a reason because this stuff really does, it, it matters to your whole life and your success. So I'm somebody that struggles with, I'm always looking for the holes. How can I improve? 
Like that's some that's one of my strengths, but that strength creates a huge weakness is that I don't stop and smell the roses enough. And so something I took away from this conference and combination of one of my mentors, Andy Frisella, is that um, you have to stop and smell the roses. You have to be grateful. And so um, I took that away from gratitudes, but trying to find a way to put it into practice, mm-hmm. like time is of the essence for me. I don't have much time, right? And so what I did is I took this from Andy because he's busy also. He said, what I do is I made a routine of my gratitudes and I do it every morning and every night when I brush my teeth. Like, do you brush your teeth every day? Right. Do you need to be grateful every day? It's a great combination. What else are you going to do while you're brushing your teeth? Yeah. Not much. And like, so what I do, like, it's a mess. Um, but like, I'll close my eyes if, I, if I'm struggling thinking about it. Like, I'll close my eyes and brush my, I know how to brush my teeth with my eyes closed. Right, like I get toothpaste everywhere, but it allows me to get into that flow and that mindset of what am I truly grateful for? And when's the last time you truly thought about that? Right, like um, Colin and I did an episode on that and I kind of walked through the exercise that Tony did at the event. Oh. If you struggle with like I do with that, go Such back a good exercise. Go back and listen to that podcast where we kind of walked you through what that is and why it's important. Um, because it's, it, if you struggle with that like I do, that exercise could potentially change your life forever. I know I will never be the same because of it, because it made me realize so many things that when I look at the past, I look at things I wish I would have done differently or better, yeah. not the things that I should be proud of or the, the good memories. I always think about, when I think about the past, think about things that, man, I wish I would have done that differently, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, go back and listen to the episode. I won't go in depth here, but it's, there's, there's a lot of great stuff there. Um, something else we got here is there are three keys to greatness. And again, these are just me regurgitating from different people and taking their their cliff notes and giving you my version. Um, They said there are three keys to greatness. Number one is to have specific, huge goals. Most people play too small. So it has to be specific, but make it big. Um, Number two, don't care what other other people think. Who cares what they think of your goals? Who cares what they think about you being weird or doing gratitudes and having a mess when you're brushing your teeth? I don't care. I know I'm doing it for me, right? So who cares what other people think? Think. And then number three is pray for abundance. Too many people have a closed mind and they think they have they don't have the mindset of abundance. There's so much available to everybody in this world. Yeah. Like quit quit playing so small and thinking that you have the secrets. Like um, it's have abundance and pray for more abundance and pray for you to be more abundant so that the more that you give the more that you get oh i'll say i mean since since we joined you know our network with the xp everyone has just been so phenomenal and nice it's it's crazy how much progress in business and life and i mean all different areas that we have improved because of the people that we're surrounding ourselves with um they have that mindset of, I will share everything. Yep. I will give you anything that I possibly can. We, we opened up at a new market and there was you know, a specific area that we were trying to get more information on. And we've got a, a great partner in Texas that said, I specialize in that. Here's my playbook. I will show you, you know, how I do everything. And we were able to learn and get our systems put in place so much faster. We were able to start serving that community so much faster. We were able to take way better care of those clients um, 100%. than what we probably originally would have because because we surround ourselves with people that are all like that. You know, no one's trying to hang on to stuff. It's I've learned the hard way here. 
Don't well, make this mistake. Do it this way. Just share it all. 100%. I think, too, like, we all realize if I were to ask a question, a room of a million people in the room of somewhat decent performers in life, whatever field they're in, how did you learn your biggest lessons in life? They're all going to say through failure. Yeah. That's how you learn. But what I have learned is you can fast forward that learning curve mm -hmm. by learning through the failures of others that are willing to share. And that compound effect over time, learning in a rooms of abundance in a network like ours at eXp, where we've been able to fast track our success and double year after year after year because we learn from their mistakes. They shared their playbook. Like we wanna grow in this area in our business. We wanna open a new market. What struggle should we look out for? Oh, don't do this. We tried yeah. it and we failed. Do it this way instead. This is where we had success. Like we don't, we, we shrink the learning curve. Mm -hmm. And we get their playbook, their proven process to success because we operate in a mindset of abundance. Yeah. And we share that with others too. That's part of what this passion project of this podcast is, is to help others get be successful. Like, I want you listening. I want to have such an impact on your life that you're one of the people that shows up at my funeral and wants to speak. Like, that's what drives and motivates me. I want to have a positive impact on as many people's lives as I possibly can. Yeah. And I mean, we know how much it, it saved us. Um, it was so beneficial being around people like that, that were willing to share. How could we not do that, you know, for others? But you're definitely someone, I know there's a lot of people that, that listen, um, that have the same kind of mindset. You're someone that's a really big thinker. You're always coming up with new ideas, um, new ways of doing things. And you, you, you've got all these, you've got a very creative mind. There's a lot of people out there like that. Um, and luckily, we've had some great people in business that have shared their failures. We've taken a lot of detours because we were about <laughs> to go one way because yep. you came up with some, you know, great new idea. And we had people that said, no, absolutely not. Been there, done that. This is what is going to happen. And if we hadn't had those people, I mean, I, I don't know where it would be. Yeah. Because you have 100%. a lot of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's great. And there's a lot of, and that's, that's a hundred percent accurate. And that, that goes back to having an abundant mindset, right? Yeah. Um, let's go to the next thing. So, um, I'm hoping Amanda remembers some details here. Like I said, this is from Gene again. Um, and so Gene is a great storyteller. Um, so he calls this his flying Sophia story. Um, let's break down there. Do you have, do you remember any parts of that story at all? Um, I remember pictures, these crazy pictures that he shows where he talks about it. Yeah. Um, he's, he's got his, his daughter, right? Granddaughter. Granddaughter um, that he's holding. And it's funny because these pictures are clearly from like the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people at these events are like, why do those pictures look so weird? Um, but he's, he's like throwing her up in the air. She's, she's wanting to fly. Yep. Um, so... Let me, let me jump in here so we can, um, I'll, we'll, we'll do this together because I don't remember it great either. Is So as he's th showing these pictures of him throwing his granddaughter up, like we can all relate to that, right? Like especially dads, right? Like we throw our kids up and they love it. Um, but there's something specific that Sophia st said to either Gene's wife or, um, or his daughter is, look, mommy, look, grandma, I can fly. Yeah. Right? And so... He tells this great story leading up to that. And, and basically the moral of it is that kids believe they can fly. When did we as adults stop believing that we can fly? 
because society tells us to, because the government, because of whatever, whatever, whatever you believe in. Like, what, where did that inner child go? When we were kids, we all believed we could fly. Yeah. We all were flying Sophia's. What happened? We can fly. Spread your wings, right? Like our mascot that we have personally and we share it with the business too. Yeah. What is it? Flying pig. Why? Because uh, we were told a lot that we had some crazy ideas and weren't going to be successful. The business wasn't going to work. The team, the concept, never, yeah, do any of that stuff. It was always that, uh, well, when pigs fly, I guess. So we've got matching little pigs with wings, these little like statues. Um, you got one in your office and yep. I've got one and that's our mascot now. Because in our world, pigs fly. Yep. Anything's possible. And I'm hoping I'm sharing that as inspiration and motivation to you guys. You can fly. Spread your wings. Yeah. Holy cow. I'm just now to day two in my notes. <laughs> this, this event seriously is is it is just absolutely amazing and this is the second year in a row that they brought they brought tony robbins in yep. um i mean there's just so much value in these all right let's get to some real estate production tips so uh this this was bill pipes the one and only bill pipes hitting the stage um he i have the privilege of him being my coach coach for the team um, and i consider him a good friend uh so he he gave some big takeaways on the market shift Right. And so this was more of a production conversation. Uh, so I think this was actually a production series. And so he said, this is the biggest opportunity we will see in our lifetime. If you're a real estate agent right now, I want you to take this serious. This is the biggest opportunity that you will see in your lifetime in this business. What are you doing to take advantage of it? Is this market, is this market happening to you or for you? The decision is yours. Um, if you aren't disciplined, guess what? The market will discipline you. Yep. If you don't have the discipline and you won't discipline yourself, the market is going to discipline you. He also, alone is yeah. advice. He also said, don't even double down on fundamentals. In this market, triple down. The fundamentals win championship. Also, he said, so let's talk about lead flow. Like team leaders, this is for you. Agents, this is for you. Lead flow is down right now in the mar market as a whole, right? And has been for a couple months. So any buyer that came into your site the last few months, you as a team should be celebrating that. And you should take that serious. You know why? They know what's going on with interest rates. They know what's going on in the market and they still registered to ask you information anyway. Yeah. That is a high quality lead. Lead quantity may be down, but lead quality is through the roof. If you get a lead right now, somebody visiting your site, they understand what's going on in the world and they want an information anyway you better take action and take that serious. He said, everybody has a story. The cool part is you can create your own. So what will your story be? Make it so big that it scares you. Make it bold and build it with people you love that inspire you. It's great advice. Love that. And this is like, I thought I made up the funeral thing, um, but Bill has a different version of that. Are you living for your eulogy or are you living for your resume? Are you living so you can have it written on your resume for your next job or for look at me, look at me? Are you living life for what your eulogy will sound like or what your resume will sound like? There's a big difference. Live for your eulogy, not your resume. He also had the room, whole room shouting this, 5,000 people. If not you, then who? 
If not now, then when? So I want to kind of briefly hit on this. There was a guy uh, that talked on the stage. He's really just killing it with YouTube. I don't have any notes. I just want to share some recollections and memory. Um, is that YouTube video content is king. We've done a, we did an episode with a video expert on here. I don't remember what episode number, but you can search it there. If you have struggle finding it, um, reach out to me. I'm happy to direct you. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we can get, get that in the show notes for you since we referenced it here. Um, a reference to that one, but it's talks about the importance of video in your business. And it's so, so crucial that you do it and follow steps the right way. Like, like as an example, part of my marketing pitch whenever I was actually in the field is that I had done some research on Facebook ads and different things. Um, and of course, we've continued to um, expand upon that. But one of my like sellers would ask me question, well, can't anybody put it on Facebook? Sure they can, but they can't put it on Facebook like I can because I can do it this way and that way and here's what it means for you. And so just be very careful. Like, yes, content is king, but how you record the content what it says, how you distribute it is very, very valuable. And so I highly recommend that you take it serious and make sure that you learn the lessons. And so we break that down somewhat in that video episode that we'll reference in the show notes. But video and content is absolutely king. Uh, one of my buddies, Jeff Whitespear, this was in the production part two. Um, he's good too. Yeah, he's, he's a good dude. Um, yeah. uh, Jeff, if you're listening, we need to go golfing again, man. Um, but uh, he had an amazing story that he shared about his, again, um, you can use your story as an excuse or you can use it as fuel. Right. And he had a very, very inspiring, inspiring story. Um, so, uh, but he chose to use it to be better, to be a better parent, to be a better husband, to be a better business leader and dude's crushing it. Absolutely, and if there's anyone that could have used their story to use it as an excuse, I mean, he had every every reason to. And you've met him at events that we've been at before. One of the most grateful, humble dudes ever. Like, yeah. such a good guy, right? And it's amazing how he's so happy and successful. Yep. Someone who's got a lot of gratitude. I mean, there, there we go again. 100%. So he, rec so he talked about um, how he uses the tools that eXp provide to automate his business. And so there's so much technology out there. What I really took away is that eXp does have some amazing tools that we're going to look into to use better. Um, but there's so much technology and tools out there to automate your business, whether that's AI technology, whether that's drip campaigns, whether that's how to create handwriting. There's so much things that automate and make sure that you, you can automate accountability now, right? Like, so there's so many things that can happen in your real estate business and your database that can be automated. Um, make sure you use your ecosystem that you have to your advantage, right? So like he talked about, one of the big takeaways for him is that using eXp as an ecosystem to create expansion teams. Right, so he has teams in like six different markets now yeah. because of the technology he uses that he can manage all that from a central hub through the cloud office, through the technology, through all those tools and really help expand his footprint and help other people in different markets with his systems and stuff. And so, Amazing. yep, that's really cool. Somebody, uh, so I think this was Veronica Figueroa um, when she was introducing some of these people. By the way, um, like 2,700 transactions last year or something. Um, so she, girls knows what she's talking about. She's a boss. Yes. Um, she said, people don't need more leads. They need more leadership. Be the leader that your people need. They need leadership way more than they need leads. Um, I thought that was a great quote. Yeah. And she, I mean, she is a phenomenal leader. Yes. And I mean, you look at their stats too. She, she knows how to run a very successful business. And 100%. If those are her two cents, 
I'm taking them. Yeah. Um, also, she said, in this market, new her heroes will form and old heroes will disappear. So that's, which will you be? It's your choice, right? So I said it in a, I've said this in a different way in other episodes, is this market will turn zeros to heroes and heroes to zeros. The choice is yours. Yeah. You are paid based on, this is another speaker, you're paid based on the value you bring to the marketplace. If you're not getting paid how much you think you should, you need to bring more value. The market doesn't lie. The marketplace pays you what you're worth. That's so true. Um, here's another takeaway for, uh, for agents, and I think this is even more relevant now. 80% of sales happen between the 7th and 12th contact. How many people give up after one call? Give up on one lead. The fortune's in the follow-up. Yeah. Follow-up is king, especially in this marketplace. Uh, it's a big opportunity. Don't waste it. Oh, he used a cool analogy. He said, be the doctor. As real estate agents, all we are is doctors. First, what does the doctor do when they walk in? They ask the questions and they find the pain. Where are you hurt? Yeah. What's your pain? Right? Then you as the doctor, I give you your prescription. I'm in control. You told me your pain is you need to buy or sell your house. Well, here's your prescription. Your prescription is this marketing package and list your home with me. Yeah. So write your prescription, provide the solution. Be a doctor. I thought that was a great analogy. Yeah. I think as salespeople, we naturally just, we want to talk too much and just start puking everything on them and assuming we know what they need. And it's just a great reminder. Ask, ask more questions. Talk less. It's yep. exactly, you know, what a doctor does. 100%. Um, do you have, I'm going to go into Brent Gove, but I've got like four pages, five pages of notes on Brent. Do you have anything that you want to share with everybody before we jump in? Um, and probably, but I really want to hear about Brent. Um, okay. Because he's just, he's just, he's just awesome. Yeah. So Brent, so much energy, like just an amazing guy, throws these amazing events and, uh, yeah, he deserves everything this world has given him and then some. Um, so Brent said, face your fear and it will disappear. Run and hide, it'll be magnified. I'm going to say it again. If you face your fear, it will disappear. But if you run and hide, it will be magnified. Face your fears head on. That's how you get rid of them. Um, and be hungry. Too many people are passive in this world. Your hunger is your greatest asset. How much, are you acting with passion? Are you hungry for whatever this opportunity is? Or are you just passive and letting life pass you by? Be hungry. Go get it. Be a go-getter. Mm -hmm. He said, hyper-fail. Fail fast, fail quick, fail often. If you hyper-fail, you hyper-learn. We talked about it earlier. Failures, create your lessons. Um, and he said this. So he is a big EXP builder. He's got like 19,000 people in his organization. Like, that's baller status and yeah. an amazing leader. He said, the, what I have noticed is to everybody in my organization, everybody I've talked to, is EXP is not a capital risk. It's not a risk of money. It's way bigger than that for the people that decide not to take this opportunity. It's way bigger than money. It's an ego risk. They let their ego get in a way of making a smart decision. Yeah. Because the stories, the stories we've heard from this stage, the stories we've heard in this network, what we've experienced, our own personal story of EXP changing our life and a lot of people that we know, what gets in the way? Of, why is not everybody here? Yeah. It's their ego. They let their ego get in the way. Um, so we talked about an ego quote earlier. It's like, don't let your ego make your decisions for you, yeah. right? Um, so we all struggle, but our struggles make us stronger. Embrace your struggle. Own it. Like, use your struggle as fuel 
versus using it as an excuse. Right. Uh, be thankful and grateful for the small things. He says he names three to five things he's grateful for every single morning. Like, I want to be Brent when I grew up. Like, the energy, the gratitude that this guy has. And he said his secret is be thankful and grateful in the mornings. Yeah. Why do you think I started being, doing my gratitudes every morning when I brush my teeth? Yeah. Right? Like, I talk about three to five things that I'm grateful for because I'm modeling after somebody I want to be. Right? And so we can all be grateful more. more. Yeah. Um, he also says the, the enemy is the inner me. Our ego, our, our inner, our, we are our own worst enemies. So the enemy is the inner me. Yeah. Like, that how true is so that? So true. We get in our own way way too much. I'm, I'm sure for most people, I mean, myself included, every day. I'm sure yeah. there's something Same. every day. Probably multiple times a day. 100%. Great advice. Um, so decide to be grateful. It's a decision. You can decide to be grateful if you want. Tony Robbins talked for five, six hours about your state matters. Yeah. I want to live in a state of gratitude, right? Because if I'm grateful, a bad day isn't so bad. And a good day is even better. Yeah, he says, and I, I've been really applying this a lot recently, and I, I have to, to some of my friends and fellow coworkers, you cannot be, it is impossible to be fearful or angry if you are in a state of gratitude. Say that again. It is impossible to be fearful or angry when you are in a state of gratitude. Wow. And that's, I really sat and thought about that. A lot of opportunities um, that I, you know, wanted, but I was too scared. You know, that fearful or being in a, a room with amazing, you know, people that I want to talk to and learn from, but I'm too fearful to go introduce myself and talk to them. Um, you know, being angry because they just got to follow the client that, you know, was really rude and made me upset. It is impossible to, to be fearful or angry if you're in a state of gratitude. And so when I'm hearing, as soon as I heard that, um, whenever I'm feeling those things, I immediately stop whatever I'm doing. And I, I think of two or three things right now in that moment that I'm grateful for. And it's crazy, a simple exercise like that how that just completely changes your whole state. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're going a little long here, but this is good stuff. I want to keep going, unfinished, finish Brent's stuff up, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so be grateful. It's a decision. You're in control. Decide to be grateful. Be grateful. Um, Brent says get rid of anger. He told a story, too. This was great. He said, like, this, this is a proof that I choose to be grateful. Like, we've all been driving before, and we cut somebody off, they cut us off, and road rage is a thing. Like, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged, right? But Brent said, so this guy's flipping him off, um, honking his horn, and Brent just decided, because he, he was in a moment of gratitude by choice. He just waved and smiled at the guy. Then the guy pulls over in the parking lot Brent's going to, all yelling and screaming. Brent just smiling and said, man, I'm, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you. He ends up saying, telling the guy he loves him and gives him a hug. <laughs> this guy's angry, mad, ready to fight. And Brent's just living in so much gratitude. <laughs> he ends up telling the guy he loves him and gives him a hug before he leaves. That's Brent. Like, yep. we can all have more, more, be more like Brent in our lives, yes. right? Yes. It's just, I love it's crazy. It. Also, so going back to the gratitude, this was a one-liner he had. He said, here's the problem with people that aren't grateful. 
is hurt people, meaning when people are hurt, they hurt people. Yeah. Hurt people, dot, 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 hurt people. Like that says a lot. We need more gratitude. In this world, in our lives, it starts with us, right? Yeah. Brent lives upon a couple of principles they talked about, and there's probably more than this, um, but I wrote these ones down. Empathy, gratitude, and love. We can all have more of those in our life, and we would live more grateful, more fulfilled lives. I wrote this down to myself, and maybe this will relate to some of you. I'm getting rid of the excuse for myself. I wrote this down. No more dad is having a bad day for my kids. Like, I'm not going to come home and bring that bad day to my kids and affect their state because I'm going to choose to live in gratitude. Like, I'm not carrying that stuff home. Yeah. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm sure it's, it happens, but I'm going to be aware of it. And I don't, like I said as an example earlier, I forgot I even had this as a note, but like we've all overreacted to our kids in one way or because we're in high stress, we're bit, whatever it may be. Like, but if you live in gratitude, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's so powerful. And just imagine, you know, their emotions and what, you know, their experience with you that evening. If you're negative, you know, you bring that stuff home, the horrible day that you had. And, well, tonight's just not going to be fun. No, we're not going to go do that because I had a bad day and I'm tired. Versus the kind of, you know, evening that they're going to have, the memories that could possibly be made that day just because of your state of mind and saying, yep. I'm. I'm not bringing bringing that home, or I'm just not, I'm just not bringing it at all. There were moments today that were crappy and not fun, but you know now they're over. Yep. And that's that's it. It's the extent of it. Hundred um, percent. He also said, "You get what you tolerate." Ooh. You get what you tolerate. I could we could do a whole podcast just on that, <laughs> right. but we'll stop there. It's good. Also, he talked about mindset that goes along with gratitude, and I say this a lot. Um, I think we actually talked about this in our last podcast, is you can either be a victim or a victor. Choice is yours. Quit playing the fucking victim card in life. Nobody cares. We all have a story. But go back to my buddy Jeff Whitespear. His story, man, it's, it hit me deep. Yeah. Because I know him on a personal level and I didn't know all that he had been through. But instead of being a victim of his circumstance, he chose to rise above it and use that as fuel and motivation to build a better life for him, his family, his future. That was his choice. And he has. 100% he has. <laughs> Brent also said, you're not a tree. You can change. You can grow. <laughs> you're not a tree. Quit acting like a tree. Um, and I wrote this down for myself. We all can get better at expressing how special expressing how special and amazing others are. It's so important to be more loving and caring to others. You get what you tolerate. You get what you put out is what you get back. If you're more loving and caring, guess what you get more of in your yeah. life? You'll get more love and care. But if you're more of this guy flipping people off that Brent probably cut off in traffic, <laughs> then you're going to have more of that in your life. Yeah. But imagine, put, put yourself in that guy's shoes. He came into that parking lot ready to fight, and he left giving some guy a hug that told him he loved him. Do you think that guy shared more gratitude the rest of the day? Yeah. It's because of Brent's energy and gratitude, it spreads, yeah. right? Um, don't be afraid to look stupid and foolish. Get over your ego. And then Brent did something stupid and foolish on stage. Like, I'll show you for in front of 5,000 people. I'm not scared. Yeah. I want you to talk about this one. You said you wrote this one down right here. 
You said you want to talk about that. that was one of your biggest takeaways oh, from Bridge. Gosh, I, I don't remember the whole story though. I right before this started, I was telling Matt that I, I looked down at my paper from my notes and I had wrote down go cave woman. And then it was funny because his notes he wrote down go caveman. I wrote down twice and I started. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't I don't remember the whole backstory on that. So I don't remember the whole thing either, but I remember a few takeaways. Um, part of it was act desperate go caveman whatever you're doing go all in face your fears do you think cavemen had it easy no but they didn't come back to the cave they couldn't eat unless they killed something and they would not come back to the cave right. until they brought something brought food home go caveman quit saying oh well i tried be desperate all in face your fears overcome go caveman because caveman does not come back to the cave empty-handed yeah anything else to add I think you did a really good job. Cool. I found my notes um, right before that, but uh, you you pretty much covered it. So, <clears throat> yeah, no no excuses. He said, get upset, do something about it, get pissed. Yeah, get pissed off. Self loathing never served the world. Is what I have written down right before that. Hundred percent. He said, I wake up. Brent said, I, I wake up every day. Or maybe he didn't even say this. Maybe he told this to the audience. But this is my version of it. So he probably said something to the effect of. If you don't like where you're at, you're not a tree. Yeah. You can move. You can grow. Wake up today and say, today's the first day of the rest of my life. Change. It's a choice. That's all you have to do. Yep. We're not a victim of our circumstances. We are one choice away from changing our life. Make that choice. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. He also said, get in the right rooms. People think and act differently when they're in different rooms. And he pointed everybody in the room. I know I am a huge product of the rooms and the circles that I've been a, uh, been privileged to be a part of. Is the, the networking that you get, the, the conversations are different. As an example, Amanda, you know me better than anybody. I cannot stand small talk. I just can't do it. People say networking, I just puke. Like, not for me. <laughs> but I love going to events. I love going to certain events. You know why? It's a higher caliber of people. I'm scared to death because they force me to get out of my comfort zone. But there's, here's what I've learned about being in the right rooms. There's no fucking gossip. There's no talking bad about other people. Yeah. It's no, no small talk that is not productive. They talk about life. They talk about goals. They talk about health. They talk about fitness. They talk about how they overcame problems. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Yeah. They talk about things that the elite people talk about in this world. There is no doubt in my mind being in those rooms has helped elevate me to a whole nother level. I oh, will absolutely. never be the same again because I've learned what true networking is. And I've learned what the true elite people do by being in the right rooms. Proximity is power. Yeah. And I continue to learn on that. We actually did an episode on that if you want to go back and listen. Um, that We kind of broke that down. We're proud to do 2.0 because I continually learn how important it is the environment in the rooms that you're in. It absolutely will change your outlook on life and ultimately change your life. Yep. Uh, Brent also said passion, real passion for people to make a difference in their lives is infectious. Passion is a disease. It's a virus. Spread it. <laughs> said, I want, people ask him how he recruited so quickly to EXP and how he grew it. He said, I ran around with passion on fire. Like that's, I was just, I was so excited. I shared that excitement with everybody. Like that's, it was passion because it, it's infectious. If I'm passionate about it, it passes down to you. You're passionate about it, it passes down to Colin. 
Colin's passion about it passes down to his people, right? Like it, it spreads. It's an infectious. Be passionate. Have that fire in your belly. Um, here's and this. Then he got real for a second. Here's the reality of life. There's three rules. Number one, life is not fair. Quit complaining. Quit pointing the finger. Quit being a victim. Life's not fair. Number two, you are entitled to absolutely nothing in this world. You are entitled to nothing. The world owes you nothing. Number three, no one, I mean no one, is coming to rescue you. It's up to you. And I closed it out with, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. If you don't like where you are in this world, you are a product of your choices. Make a choice. Make a change. Do something different. I love it. It's true. All right, guys. I hope this was beneficial. I hope this was helpful. Um, there'll be There's way more notes that we have from Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Gary Brecka. Um, lots of great stuff we have to share. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um, guys, uh, again, this is a free movement that we're doing. This is to change the real estate world and to hopefully change lives and impact you guys so much that you come and uh, share it my eulogy, right? Um, and so what, what I would like for you to do, if you found value from this, just share it with a friend. We don't charge for this. We, don't do, we are doing this to give back and help others. So if you found some value in this, just share it with a friend. That's all I ask. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. We talked a lot today about gratitude. And so I just want to say that I'm extremely grateful for each and every one of you taking time out of your busy days to listen to what I have to say, come follow us, support us, and participate in this movement. Uh, it truly makes my heart happy that you guys are taking action on this stuff that you're learning, and hopefully it's having a positive impact on your life. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm extremely grateful for each and every one of you and grateful for you sharing this with friends and helping us grow this movement. So thank you guys. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm.